this morning is kind of, I think, leading on from what we spoke about last weekend with the McLeasters. Many of you would have participated in that weekend when Michael and Suzanne were here. Wasn't it great to have them with us? Yes, a few people agree with me. Um, and I know that on the Friday night, the men had a great time eating pizza, but also being challenged about what are they standing for and what are they standing against. And then the women had a lovely breakfast with Suzanne the next day, and it was what are we going to start and what are we going to stop doing in our lives. And then on the Sunday, those of you here would have heard Michael talking about facing the furnace, being a disciple of Jesus means that we've got to go through some tough things. And I really want to carry on with that, really. Um, I was very encouraged that you spoke from Daniel. I've been reading Daniel for months and really inspired by, um, by him and by his friends who were following God at the time. So I think the title for this sermon, if you like titles, is Are You a Disciple or Are You Part of the Crowd? So the people that face the furnace um, Shedrach, Meshach and Abednego they had been taken from their hometown of Jerusalem along with other Jewish exiles and put into Babylon along with their friend Daniel and many others so they have been taken away from everything they knew their location changed they were taken away from family their culture changed even the God that they served might have changed because they were nowhere near the temple, nowhere near their parents to tell them what to do or, or the religious leaders at the time and they were taken away from their lifestyle so everything in them changed, even their names changed. So Shedrach, Meshach and Abednego weren't their original names, their names were Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Even that had changed, fundamental parts of their identity had changed as they'd been taken into exile into Babylon. And these people that had been chosen to go into exile they weren't just any old people, they were teenage boys, probably between the ages of 13, 15, that kind of age. They were part of the royal family or nobility. They were good looking, they were intelligent, they had a lot of things going for them. So they were brought to Babylon, not to be slaves or servants, but actually they were put in, they were educated, they were accommodated, and they were even given the same food as the king. So these guys were treated really well. It was like it wasn't a servant life. They were they were treated well, and so there was a whole crowd of them that went, whole crowd of these exiles, these teenage lads, that were put into that position. And Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel were part of that crowd. But it soon came to the point where they were part of this crowd. They were given all this freedom, almost like they didn't have parents looking over them. Um, they had to follow the education system they were put in but they were given this whole banquet to help themselves to. And for those of you that know the Bible and know um, anything about the Old Testament will know that there were a lot of limitations on what Jewish people could eat. And all of a sudden they're given exactly the same food as the king of Babylon. So they can have whatever they like. Like, And whatever he wanted to drink was theirs as well. So they had a choice. Does this keep cutting in and out? Yeah. (laughs) Move over this way. All right. Um, so they, they had the freedom to have this stuff which they'd never been allowed before and most of the crowd kind of went along with it but there were four lads that didn't that was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah I'm going to refer to them as disciples or the few as we go through because what they realised is everything in their life had changed 
everything had changed. But had God, had the faith that they had in God, had all these things changed? And what should their response to who he was change, even though they're in a new place, with new people around a new culture, new expectations? So even though they had access to all of this stuff, they decided, no, God says some stuff's unclean and I shouldn't eat it. So do you know what they did? They said, I'm only going to eat vegetables and drink water. How many teenage boys do you know are going to say that? How, how many people would say that? And, and it wasn't just for like a week or a couple of days. This training program was three years long. So it was a substantial change. And can you imagine what that must have been like for them? The few people, these disciples, just decided to honour God and just eat vegetables and drink water as part of it. Whereas the rest of the crowd, the rest of the exiles, they were having whatever they liked. Eating and drinking their fill. They were comfortable, they are doing what was expected. Having what they liked. Can you imagine the ribbon these other guys would have got? Alright, carrot boy. Fancy a bit of broccoli for breakfast? It wouldn't have been easy for them. They would have been tempted. Oh, I bet you just want a little bit. Go on, just have a bit. It's not going to hurt you. It's not hurt us. They would have had all of that, that ridicule and temptation to go through. And they would have had to deny themselves, right? Who wants to eat just vegetables and drink only water? You've got to sacrifice something yourself in order to do it. It was hard. It wasn't easy. But they decided to do it anyway. Because they wanted to put God first. They wanted to be a disciple of God. Whereas the crowd, they were going their own way, doing what they liked, feeling comfortable, along with the many others doing the same thing. But they weren't honouring God with it. Were they even near God? But the few, they were. They decided to go after God. And they knew his presence. If you read on in the story, they knew his provision, they knew his salvation as part of it. So what do you want? Do you want to be part of the crowd? Or do you want to be a disciple? Because that will determine how you live and what your everyday decisions are. Maybe it is even what you eat or you drink. Who knows? And whether you decide to be part of the crowd or a disciple, in both cases, you've got friendship, you've got companionship, you've got support, you've got guidance. But where are the people you're surrounding yourself with or placing yourself with, where are they leading you? Because I'm going to suggest the crowd's going to lead you away from God, not to him. Disciples will lead you to a closer relationship with him. Jesus in um, Matthew verse 7, 13 says, The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those that enter it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those that find it are few. Daniel and his friends chose the hard way. They chose to try and find that really difficult to find narrow gate. And they walked in it. If you read through Daniel, they stood for their faith. They stood up for Jesus. They put him first all the time. They put God first. And they made the everyday decisions that led them closer to God. And it was hard. It meant that they had to face the furnace. It meant that they had to face lions. But they saw God's salvation in it. They saw angels. They heard the voice of God. And they saw him providing a way out every time. And these people that um, Jesus was talking to in Matthew... Think about the disciples of Jesus. They had to give up. What? Businesses, home life, family, comfort, security, riches. 
They had to give it all. Why? Because they wanted to be close to Jesus. Because they knew he was the son of God. And they knew it was worth it. The crowd wasn't very close to Jesus. You hear about the crowd following Jesus and hearing what he said. But the crowds never experienced Jesus walking on water. They never saw him calm the storm. They never saw the very few fish and loaves that fed them all. They didn't see that. It's only the people that were his disciples that were really close to him that chose to make decisions in their everyday life to position themselves closer to Jesus that saw it, that experienced it. The crowd had probably heard about it, but they didn't see it for themselves firsthand. Disciples gain a relationship with God, the crowds don't. And it depends on your everyday decisions of life. It depends. Maybe it is what you eat and drink. Maybe it is how you use your finances, what you do when you're at work, how you speak to other people. It's all these everyday decisions that make a difference. And whichever way you choose, it comes at a cost. Being part of the crowd is comfortable. There's lots of people there. You're doing what your peers are doing. You can do whatever you like, really, because they're just going whatever way they want to go. And yeah, if it makes you happy, go and do it. That's kind of the culture, isn't it, that we're surrounded by. But it comes at a cost because you're estranged from God. And where does that lead you? It leads you to destruction. That's what that verse in Matthew says. Whereas if you're part of the discipleship of God, if you follow other believers, if you take your comfort and your guidance and your support from them, it's going to be hard and you'll be in the minority. And it will mean you're estranged from your peers. But do you know what it does mean? You'll be closer to God and you'll be heading towards life. So that's the message for this morning really. It's like where do you want to be? Do you want to be part of the crowd or do you want to be a disciple? The challenge from the McLeasters last weekend is what are you standing for or what are you standing against? Maybe that's struck a chord with you. Or what are you going to start and what are you going to stop? Are you going to be a part of the crowd or are you going to be a disciple this morning? Because it can start here, it can start today. Even if you think, actually, I've been a part of the crowd, you can be invited in to be close to Jesus this morning. We sang this morning, didn't we? It's better is one day. Better is one day in your courts, God. Better is one day in your house. And then Lizzie encouraged us, saying, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. That was from Psalm 84. So where do you want to be this morning? I think this is probably quite a poignant moment. People probably need a bit of time to reflect and to pray. We're going to listen to a song just to do that, to think, where am I? Where do I want to be? And what is God asking me to do or stop doing in order to get there? I'd encourage you to take this personal time as a time of reflection. Sometimes we get you to pray in groups and maybe there'll be time for that afterwards. But I just really want us to just think about where am I? Where do I want to be? And what is my response to what I've heard this morning? How am I going to live for Jesus? Am I going to live for Jesus? What is my decision? So we've got a song. It's a couple of minutes long. We're just going to pray that. So, uh, pray that? Play that. <laughs> so that we can have a chance just to personally respond to what I've shared this morning. And then I'll pray for us afterwards. Because it's not going to be easy for those of you that take up the challenge. It's not going to be easy. So we need courage and boldness and strength. So I'll pray at the end of this song. And then if you do need to talk to someone about it afterwards, if you do want to share with fellow disciples and other followers of Jesus, then please do. 
they'll encourage you and support you.